You know, sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel Cause so many things that go against us But it's something inside our spirit that just keep us marching forward We gon' be alright, uh We gon' be alright What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Family Forward Y'all know who it is Today we have a couple special guests one who y'all never seen, which y'all heard a lot about, Baby Mayer. This is his first appearance on the podcast. Say what's up, son. Well, we just frowned at him. He's sleepy, y'all. So if he wake up, you know, I'm going to show him to y'all, let him say hey or whatever the case may be. But he's fast asleep right now. He was chilling with Uncle Key. But uh, for some of y'all that watch the podcast, my loyal supporters, y'all probably will recognize Key from one of the earlier episodes. Uh, that's my guy. Since then, we've been a lot closer. Uh, we both from Philly, living in Atlanta now, chasing our dreams. So feel free to introduce yourself, bro. What's good? What's good? 3ZK, man. You know, back. You know, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's a good joint we got going on. Yeah. And, uh, for those of y'all that know, Key is a rapper. But we also just have a lot of dope conversations. We game a lot. Uh, so every night, you never know what it's going to be. Some nights we be bidding all night. Then some nights we mad. Some nights <laughs> it gets serious. We have serious talk. So uh, what provoked this conversation was actually... Um, I had left the group chat over something stupid. <laughs> and when I get mad like that, sometimes I talk to Key or he'll tell me like, yo, Tay, I feel like you could have did this or this how you went about it. And one thing led to another and we just started having this deep behind conversation, which we're going to get into in a bit. But for now, uh, I just want to say Happy New Year, bro. Like, so how you feeling saying. going into this new year, 2024? I'm good, man. Just, um, just dropped a single called Alive. Uh, put the video out. Just staying consistent. I think that was the biggest thing I wanted to focus on, just being way more consistent. I kind of took a break um, yeah. last year, just, you know, a lot going on, focus on myself, but, you know, I'm back. I'm ready. No, I'm happy for you, bro. That was major. Like, just to see you, like, just get back in the swing of things. I heard LeBron say this, but, well, I actually heard somebody say Brian gave them this advice. I think it was Lonzo. When I saw him at InvestFest, he said Brian told him to, like, always keep the main thing the main thing mm -hmm. and I've heard that a lot but I think since I followed the trajectory of Alonzo seeing him like you know his family big baller brand they trying to get into business and do all of these things right, it's right. like if your main thing if you're not giving that all you got you, it's really hard to do everything else yeah so for you like we talked about doing a joint podcast being co-host and all that but I could see like from the outside looking in from a friend point of view like when you wasn't dropping music you wasn't like yourself. Yeah, it's it's definitely like you don't realize how much like your craft and your your, your hobby, I would say, or passion, like affects your everyday life. Like just trying to work a not you know just a regular nine of you know yeah. just nothing music it's just cold that. Turkey. That's not me. Yeah. Like you gotta have a dream, chase it, and that's gonna be you know the best version of yourself. So you already getting your aura back. Like I can yeah. see you like visually like. You feel you seem happier. So I'm happy for you, bro. I just hope that twenty twenty four you just, you know, keep your foot on the gas. I like when, you know, our whole chat, like I see Ty sending his clothes through, mm -hmm. you know, music. I'm getting back into the swing with the podcast. Everybody else doing what they do. Wick he having his success with the trucking, like yeah. I like seeing all the guys like it's cool that we play the game and all that and we bond over that, but at the end of the day, like we all got a purpose and things that we striving for, so I'm happy to see that. But as for myself, in 2024, bro, I'm just really looking to be, first and foremost, like, a great father. First and foremost, like, uh, this little one here, every day is a new adventure with him. So uh, that's my number one priority. You know, my family, my fiance, his baby, mm -hmm. um, making sure they good, making sure we good as a household. And then I'll say after that, I really just want to get out here with my podcast. Like, I got a goal 
my biggest goal is probably to like monetize my YouTube channel. That's like right. my right. number one focus this year. And it's not easy to do that. Like for all my content creators, like you might have success on TikTok, you might have success on Twitter, Instagram, whatever your platform is, but to get people to go cross platforms to support you, that's when you know you really like you in there. So that's my biggest goal this year is like monetize my YouTube channel. I went to a casting call for Milano, mm-hmm. waiting to hear it back. I want to step into modeling. But uh, I just want to put myself out there in those two avenues of like really focusing in, like finding an agency this year, going to some casting calls, mm-hmm. you know, doing some shoots and giving myself my best shot to see like what could happen in those two fields. Yeah. So. I mean, if anybody could do it, man, you could do it at the end of the day. It's just putting yourself out there. You yeah. Know, just trying. I feel like sometimes we stop ourselves. Yeah, for real. So I'm, I ain't letting nothing hold me back mentally. I'm going to just fell forward. <laughs> That's really all you can really facts, do. Facts. But um, I didn't know if you want to talk more about the music, bro, like the song before we get into the topic of the conversation. But like, uh, I mean, the song came, um, we just dropped it this year. I probably, I really recorded this song, I would say about a year ago, mm-hmm. um, right around the time the PNB tragic situation happened. It was just, you know, just reflect on it. There was a lot going on, a lot yeah. of deaths. Um, I just wanted to speak on something conscious. And that was, I heard the beat, um, Jay White, it's a good producer. He, uh, I think he's from Jersey. Mm-hmm. He just like, from Twitter days, like he would just always just send beats, and you know I open up, you know the beats, and then that beat just stuck to me. And I'm yeah. like, you know that's dope. People from years, he just to send me beats, send me beats. And you just never know, you know what beat to speak to you for real. So did you keep adding to it? Like I know you recorded it initially like a year ago. Did you change any of the lyrics or anything? Um, the hook. It would have yeah. came out last year, but I was real iffy on the hook. Like it just, it was something about it, and I was like, I was thinking about having different people on it, but it was like, that's the easy way out. Right. And I think I asked you, you was like, bro, the original sounds the best. Like, yeah. So I was just like, all right, I'm going to just go put it out. I'm tired of like holding music back. Yeah. I could hear it like as a fan or a consumer, like I could hear the Kendrick influence. I know you talk about some him being one of your oh, yeah, musical sure. influences, but like the hook, it was just like very, I feel like, yeah, Lane, you might not agree with this, but whenever <laughs> you, I like your conscious music. Like whenever yeah. you talking about like uplifting black people or just doing better for yourself, like whatever your situation is, mm-hmm. I feel like that's your pocket. Like, the other songs you got, Demon Town, all of that. Like, I like those drums, and you can do it, but I feel like... I mean, it's me, always better when it's more personal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That vent and reflecting, like, I feel like that's definitely... It's easier for me, you know, yeah. so... I, I try to told, balance it up. I told Asia, we was driving in the car the other night. It was after I listened to a live, and I turned on my brother's keeper. I told her, like, why that was my favorite song. And mm-hmm. I know Asia, she, she don't know you like that. She getting to know you through me. So, like, I was telling her, like, the time period that you dropped My Brother's Keeper that made the song like so much better because you got to think of like what was going on in the country at the time mm-hmm. that like fueled that song and i think whenever music is attached to like real life events for me personally like i'd be feeling it on a deeper level because i know like that was around the time where we was marching yeah. we in the pandemic george floyd just died it was a couple people that died from the same thing and everybody just was like we had a lot of feelings people was angry but I just, I felt it. I'm like, you just channeled all of that into like a song. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's, you channeled I mean, tr- it into a project. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely like, even them songs, like this song came out a year, well, I wrote it a year ago. It just came out. Mm-hmm. It's still timeless. And right. that's where I realized, like, I'm putting out music. Like people think I got a haircut right now. Yeah. I'm like, bro, I didn't no, grow my hair back. <laughs> but I'm like, that's, that's when you know you're making good quality music when you can put it out at any date and it still resonate. It's unfortunate that, you know, it's still yeah. resonating today, but. You know, you wouldn't really know when I recorded it based off of the things that's happening. Babe, didn't we talk about that uh, recently? Like, we was talking about how, like, 
you know you made a good record when it's like you can listen to it at different time periods of your life and it still has the same like resonance like when you listen to it you still get those chills or you learn something new or you you got a new feeling some type of new discovery i feel like that's that project bro i feel like it's it's underrated i ain't saying that because you my homie like that's really like if i ain't know you bro i would still listen to that like when we was riding in the car i was telling asia like especially having a baby now like I don't want to expose him to too much like crazy music too mm-hmm. early, and we was I was asking, I'm like, damn, like we don't have no rap now that's like uplifting, conscious, but still like you can listen to it, like it's still smooth. And mm-hmm. I went through my whole Apple Music, bro. I really was struggling to find that. And I was like, damn, that's that's a shame. Like, I think it's it's tough because it's like with the program directors be pushing, it be nonsense, yeah. you know. So it's kind of like that's why you see me do a demon sound type rap, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's good, but at the same time, I don't always want to do that. Right. And, I, and the older you get, the more mature you get, you conflict with that too. Right. Like, like I'm like, damn, I want to put this out. Like, I just got bad time. I got all these good things yeah, happening. Yeah. I'm In making records. So, I like, I see a lot of people right now, they talking about Sexy Red and the influence that she has. And I be seeing people criticizing her, but for me, I be like, it'd be hard to criticize her because I'd be like, when you listen to the men that's rapping, it's not that much better. But yeah. it's like it's socially acceptable. I don't know because we men or it's become normalized. But like, I think the older you get, though, you gotta realize, you know, you you are unfortunately a, a role model to some people. Yeah. Like they put a video out and kids was dancing to it. It's like parents shouldn't have their kids listen to that. Yeah. Not saying like you can't stop it, but like even Lil Nas X, if you play Old Town Road, every little kid going crazy about yeah. it. Then you making videos. You know, basically mocking the devil. Like they're gonna watch those videos also, yeah. and it's a it's a bad influence to them. You know what I'm saying? That'd be the crazy thing. Like I was watching a Young Thug interview. This had to be like two weeks ago, and Big Boy was asking him about his era when he was wearing the dresses and all that. Mm. And Thug was basically saying like he did that for his career, but he was like, I had to go home and explain to my son, like, yep. yo, this is why I'm doing this. Like you, you shouldn't do this. And Big Boy yeah. asked him. He was like, damn. So like, what about our kids? Yeah, that's, that's and true. He was like, Thug, he ain't, I don't think he gave the best answer, but he was like, I'm not promoting that to y'all kids. It's, it's up for y'all to have conversation. And I think that is true. Like, like you got a parent too. At the end of the day, you got a parent. Right. So it's like, you can't blame the artist for everything. But like, as artists, we got to be more responsible. Because like, when I first came out here, my pastor, we had lunch. He was like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, kind of nervous just knowing, you know, you are close to a certain stage, but the influences that that come with. Yeah. Like, drugs the you get a certain amount of money you know what i'm saying um this alcohol people in abundance yeah it's not always good for you like what was the end result of that like what was your take on it i understood it i respected it you know and i just tried to be be mindful of it yeah you know where i put myself you know i don't try to go to every circle like sometimes you don't even want to be an artist bro be honest like you like everything that come with it and when you see it like up close like you like, no, that's not it. Yeah. I know, like, a couple months ago, you was talking about, like, creatively, like, it's been hard for you out here because you haven't been surrounded by as many. Yeah. Like, how, how, what's your plan to, I guess, like, counteract that going into 2024? Um, I mean, you just kind of got to get back to your roots in terms of, like, you know, I still talk to my old friends, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. as I've gotten more active now, they've gotten more active. And, yeah. Like, been sending me more beats. Like, it's kind of sure. waking them up, too. Um, it's a circle out here, but... It's a difference between an established artist and an artist that's striving to be somewhere. Right. And then when you learn the business, you realize being an artist not always 
financially smart right. or beneficial, you know what I'm saying? So the more I learn the business, you kind of be like, I don't even want to be an artist that much. But then I know how to move as an artist, you right. know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's really, it's hard, it's hard. So it ain't, but, uh, I, I feel like I know this, but for a lot of people, I feel like they don't know, like, it's not all the glitz and glamour that no. artists make it seem. No. Like, like, I used to worry about being on the list, and then I was put in a position with uh, Fully Bub and all that to make the list. And then when you start making the list, you realize this list is not important. Right. You know, Man. it's not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you were referring to making the list, I guess, like, for our viewers, you're talking about, like, these best Like, who the hottest. Lists. Yeah. We do it for, like, it's, people do it for attention, for, you know, people going to look at your page, just going to create controversy. And the crazy thing it's about, about it, bro, it's so. really just a group of people like us in this room. Like, we can make a list right now. They just have a platform. Exactly. And because they have a platform, their voice kind of, like, when they put that list out, people, people is going to look at it, like, it's going to generate conversation. Yeah. Like. So it is a lot that come with it, but I don't know, bro. I feel like the best thing you could do, like you said, is just be mindful of what you give your attention to and just know, like, you got to know what stuff is, like, beneath mm-hmm. the surface. Like, just yeah. know, I guess, know what you in it for and try to keep your integrity while. That's that's the, that's all hand. you can do, because I used to want to be signed, like, sign, sign. Then I got to a point where people be in my DMs, like, yo, sign me, check me out. And I'm like, bro, I'm in the same, same position. But the is. perception is different, yeah. you know? And I, my resume is good. I did a lot. You know, I'm proud of it. But at the end of the day, when you get to a higher level, you realize everybody in the same boat. The people you think is making millions, they not. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They still trying to find a way. So gotcha. always have something in your back pocket. You know? Be so smart I, about it. I guess, like, before we jump into the main conversation, like, tell people how they can find your music and how they can support the song. Yeah. Uh, YouTube, definitely, right now, that's about to be my, you know, next thing. But... Uh, Instagram, 3ZKane3AZYKNA. Um, YouTube, Twitter. I'm on every platform, so, you know, the song is called Alive. You can search it up, you know, and just check me out, subscribe. Perfect. Well, jumping into the convo, bro, uh, this had to be a couple weeks ago. We was having a conversation, and uh, I don't even remember how we got to the topic that we got to. Oh, yeah. We were talking about <laughs> going to Africa, discovering your identity, discovering your roots. Then we started talking about like our upbringing. One thing led to another, and we landed on the topic of us both being raised in a household full of women, whether that's mm-hmm. sisters, moms, aunts, grandmothers, whoever the case may be. And we kind of was going into like how that shaped the men that we've become. And we both realized through that conversation that that's not a narrative that you really hear a lot about. Like I never heard men talking about what it was actually like growing up without their father in the household or being raised by their mom and what you might miss out on or what you might lack and how that shapes you as a person. So I guess, bro, like, you could tell your story and kind of, like, we could just go from there in terms of, like, I guess, what was your experience navigating it, like, being raised by your mother in Philly? Um, I mean, it was, when I was going through it, when I was young, I didn't really put too much into it because my father, he wasn't, he wasn't absent. He was there. He was, he just wasn't present. You know, they separated. I think I was in third grade, so. Mm -hmm. Basically, I would see him every summer. Yeah. But he stayed in Alabama. I'm in Philly. That's a big difference. So, you know, I didn't play a lot of sports growing up. I was probably playing a video game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's just like the weird experiences you have, like, when you're going through puberty. First time, you know, you get hard. It's like, like them experiences I had to learn, learn, yeah, learn on my own or I'm with my mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, you be just like, oh, like, it's you don't think different. about it. You really don't think about it until you get older. And then you like, dang, like, I ain't had my dad for this. Like, I didn't know this affected me, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And in high school, I feel like you probably, 
a couple things I did I probably ain't had no business doing, mm-hmm. but it was because you kind of was trying to find your identity. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you gonna deal with a certain amount of girls, like you know what I'm saying? My mom told me to be respectful, but I had a whole bunch of different girls. Right. But that's because you know you ain't have a solid situation at right. home. So I think that's why a lot of dudes, you know, probably go that route. Or like just dogging chicks out, and like, or even just yeah. Or just like having a whole bunch of chicks, you're not you're not used to seeing just a solid foundation. Right. So it's like, all right, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try this. Is it any one thing I guess that stands out? Like now that you're older, and you mm. look back and you be like, this is something I'm still making amends for now that I'm getting older. Like maybe this I'm like this in this way because of growing up in a household full of with women um, or being raised by your mom. I'm I'm heavy with like providing, making sure like all my female friends is like cool, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even my guy, uh, I got godchildren, you know what I'm saying? Like, they need help with, they, like, I'm always there to step yeah. up. And it's a gift and a curse. Like, my mom told me, like, bro, you're not Superman, you know what I'm right. saying? I can't do everything, but I've seen her basically do everything, so I'm like, I don't want to see a female or any of my female friends happen to go through what my mom went through, right. you know what I'm saying? She used to say, Rob Peter to pay Paul. Like, it's hard. You yeah. raising a grown man, a, um, a daughter, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I ain't even asked you this, but I guess for the viewers, like, to make it plain, do you think that women can raise a man, like, raise a young boy to become a man? Um, uh, I think you can teach them morals and values mm-hmm. to have them be res- be respectful, you know what I'm saying? Really raise a man is kind of hard. Like, you don't, they was never a man, so they don't know the things we go through, right. you know what I'm saying? The, the pressures we have with the outside world they will never relate in that yeah. type of way. And they could try. They could try their best. Like, you know, you can, I was raised good. I went to college. I graduated college. You right. know, she did her best, you know, but it's certain things like sports and stuff I picked up on late because right. I didn't have a father figure. Right. Like my mom had a job. She had to do what she had to do. She can't be at a football practice or a track practice or she not going to know to take you there. You know what right. I'm saying? So for me, I could definitely say that I agree with that. Like, I feel like the women in my life, I was raised primarily by my grandma, and then it was like all of my aunts, so my mom's sisters. Uh, both of my biological parents, they lived elsewhere, um, so my grandma adopted me when I was young, and that was interesting in itself, but I would say that like, my grandma, she is still, she instilled a lot of good in me. Like, the women in my life, like, you can ask Asia, like, I clean, I know how to cook, uh, I know how to care for a child. It's because when you're around women, you learn how to become a nurturer. So you learn all of those things. They taught me how to treat a woman. I'm not going to say that I was always perfect to <laughs> girls, but like I feel like I know probably more than most. Yeah. Um, and I'm able to do what I'm doing now at this age because of what I was taught. But I agree with you. It's certain things that I feel like I had to navigate alone and I had to bump my head. And it was way harder than it probably would have had to be if there was a male figure there guiding me like Simple yeah. things are like, um, learn how to fight, like learn how to defend yourself. I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. Like when I was young, like it was time periods where like my grandma kept us in the church. We didn't get to play sports and none of that till I was in like mm-hmm. what eighth grade. So it was like home church. So when you said you was playing a game, I was playing a game too a lot. But your socialization, like being around other guys, being around like men, yeah. I felt like I ain't really get that experience. So when I would go outside or when I would go to school and I would be confronted with certain situations, like I don't know if I really knew how to respond the way that I would have liked to respond in terms of like standing up for myself. But luckily, 
Like, I always had, like, a quick mouth. Like, I was always, that's saying pause, pause. <laughs> I always was, like, quick with it. So I always, like, thought real fast on my feet. So I feel like I would always know how to, like, talk my way out of situations, whether it's with humor or just being the voice of reason or whatever the case may be. That helped me get out of a lot of situations. But when I would go home or whenever I got to safety or whatever, I'd be like, damn, that was a close call. Like, this could have went left if I ain't know how to... Right, you know what I'm saying, like navigate do you, that. Do you ever think it was it was? Do you ever think it's too late to try to become present, like as a father, like become present in your child's life if you Damn. wasn't there for? Her? That's hard, bro. Cause like, and the reason I say that, like my dad, he he wasn't like he was still there. Like I can call him. Um, I went and seen him every summer, mm-hmm. but that's two months. You know what I'm saying? But it's still certain things I learned. In those two months, you know what I'm saying, that helped me out, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So I think, I personally still was glad that I had, you know, he wasn't just gone, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And like, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. That's a deep question. It's deep because when we was talking that night, and you was telling me, like, yo, you was like, Tay, like, this was before I told you, like, what, how I felt. You was like, you know, if it's not too late, like, it's always an opportunity for you and your dad to rekindle. Like, you don't want to see anything happen to him and then you just left with the fact that all mm-hmm. you was just angry at him and uh when you said that i, I really considered it i was listening because you told me about your story and it made me think but i remember telling you like i don't feel like i'm ready and it's because i got a lot of like i got a lot of unresolved feelings bro and mm-hmm. i think a lot of it was i want to make my dad look crazy on camera but it was more so like the picture that was painted of him from my mother, like, I heard stories about my dad, like, what kind of person he was, but when you hear certain things from your mom about, like, how your dad may have treated her mm-hmm. as a boy, bro, I don't know, it just hit you, it hit you in a different place, like, it hit you, so I feel like I'm 27, I'm going on 28 this year, bro, I just saw my dad, like, what he looked like, all that, for the first time since I was two this past year, mm-hmm. my sister... All my family in California for the viewers, but my sister just randomly FaceTimed me one day. And this is months, this had to be like three to six months after I got a call saying that um, my dad had, uh, he overdosed. And these sisters that I'm referring to in California, we disconnected last year or the year before. Where I got siblings, like dozens of them, that I keep meeting like every year. And we all got different moms. And it's because my dad just was out Mm -hmm. here just doing whatever he do or whatever the case may be. And I think after hearing my mom's story, then when I meet my siblings and I see their conditions and their lives, I'm not saying it's my dad's fault, but it just be like, when you see all that, it'd be like, damn, like, yo, you just left a trail of, like, destruction. Like, you left blessings in the world. Like, children are a blessing. You got all these kids everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're not in none of their lives. All the moms, their lives is in whatever shape because of you yeah. know, your absence. So, uh, I would say, I don't think it's, it's too late, but it's definitely like, it take time. it's circumstantial and you got to just be ready like for yourself. And I think I could honestly say like right now where I'm at, I'm not ready. Cause like, I think the type of questions or conversations I would want to have with my dad, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's in a position to have it because my yeah. dad is a user and the time that I seen him, it, it was hard, bro. And I like. When you a kid, you all, like, for me, I always thought about, like, what my dad looked like. Like, I would always mm-hmm. hear stories like, your dad was 6'4", 6'5", he used to be dunking on people. <laughs> you look just like your dad. Like, 
um, everybody in the neighborhood feared your dad. Like, my dad's name was Tank. So I'm hearing all these stories. I'm like, yo, my dad, low-key, was bored a little bit. <laughs> but um, when I seen him, like, I just was shocked, bro. I feel like every boy, you got this image of your dad, like this strong, protector, yeah. like intellectual, good businessman. Like, that's the epitome of, like, what we think a good man is. Mm-hmm. And when I seen him, he was, like, the opposite. Like, you could tell that whatever he was doing... His skin was sinking into the like to the bone, like to the core, like his face is just bones. His hair receding, his condition, he just looked bad. And he just kept looking at me on FaceTime. Like he was looking at me and he kept looking away. I could tell it was like it was hard for him to see, like, yo, mm-hmm. this is what my son became. Like I wasn't his I'm his first. Like I was his first boy. He ain't seen me since I was two. He just was looking at me. And I'm not gonna lie, bro, I was talking to him, I'm like, what's up, dad? Um he could barely put like sentences together. Uh, his condition was just bad, bro. And I, I could tell like it was so many feelings that hit him at, yeah, once, at once. And he probably didn't even really like know what to say to me or how to. And I'm leading the conversation. Like I'm asking these questions, questions. How you doing, dad? Like where you been? Like how you help? You, you got a job? Like asking him all these things. And he just giving me like these short answers. And after, after a, a while, bro, like. I was happy I seen him because I knew what he looked like finally and it helped me like put the pictures together. Mm-hmm. But I felt terrible. I just was crying after I got off the phone. I told my sister, I was like, um, I was I just told him, I was like, you get a phone back to my sister. He gave her the phone. And I just told him I'd talk to him later and I never like asked about his whereabouts or nothing again. But I just was crying. And that video, I almost deleted the screen record because I screen recorded it in case I ever wanted to look back in case I never seen him again. Mm-hmm. And I screen recorded it. I just put it like in this random drive on my computer. So like, I just had the the courage to like look at that joint with Asia like a week and a half ago, and it didn't affect me the same way. Mm. And I be thinking about our conversation, bro. Like one day, like should I check on my dad? Like I, don't I mean, know. I, I think that those moments help build character, build strength. Like might not just be for you, for him too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I think we kind of like internalize a lot of pain and don't think about it or. We might be afraid to talk about certain subjects. Like when I did my last tape, it was certain things I was about to say. It was like a conversation with a dude that was in jail and his dad. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know how to draw from it. And my pop called me one day and was like, I was like, oh, damn, stuck. He was like, man, you could talk about your life. Like I wasn't always there. Like mm. he was honest. And that was the first time yeah. like we ever had that type of conversation. He was like, bro, like I wasn't always there. Like no matter how you try to feel what you say, I know I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he does great for my baby siblings. My baby siblings, like he take care of them. Like I'd be proud seeing how much involved he is in their life now. I wish I had that sometimes, but I didn't, and I'm still proud of like what he doing. You know what I'm saying? I can only judge you from your yeah, actions going forward. But let me ask you this, man: all your sisters and all your siblings, y'all all got the same dad? Um, all but one of them. Like the youngest one. The younger, the youngest ones, uh, three of them got the same dad, and the other one was by my mom. Okay. She got a different dad. So, uh, I feel like in your case, like, it might be a little easier. I'm not going to say it's easier, but in my case, like, we all got the same dad, but we all got different moms. Whereas you Mm. and your sisters, like, y'all got the same, y'all, he might not have been there, but y'all, at least y'all all all got the same dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, I understand that because it's like, we, me and my sister, we got the same dad, so we already know what, what kind of, like, how he is. Right. But my other sister on my mom's side, like, She's like, I would say she bougie. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I can't hey, I give you five dollars. Like, 
Yeah, like she has a better experience, you right. know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's like if she was in my other baby sister in the world, like they live in Alabama, like it's a cult it'll be a culture shock to her. Right. Hearing gunshots and just them type of environments, like she might not know how to handle herself and it, it bothers me. You right. know what I'm saying? It pushed me to be like, I wanna be better to put everybody in an equal space, you know right. what I'm saying? But, you know, life never is gonna be perfect. Do any of your siblings, I would say the older siblings like would you say y'all all have a different relationship or like connection to your dad or is it pretty much like y'all all good at this point? Um we we all we all good for the most part. Yeah. Like I was blessed to like even my dad being my like everybody is some type of cordial yeah. or try to talk it out because it's bigger than they're selfless. Right. You know what I'm saying? Obviously things happen, but for the most part we all kinda talk, joke, you know, yeah. we could be in the same group message sometimes, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. So I asked that because, like, in me, me and my sisters, like, last year, I feel like they looked at me as, like, the bougie one. Like, they looked mm. at me as, like, yo, he went to college two times. Like, he got his life together. Like, right. and that was hard for me, bro, because I'm looking at, it like, yo, like, we all endured so much trauma, like, from this. So, like, anything I became, like, my grandma may have provided, like, structure. She was real strict. But... Trying to explain to them, like, yo, y'all all, my whole family in California, my mom is there, my dad's still there, aunts, uncles, the whole dad side of my family, bro, is there. Mm -hmm. And I just met all of them, what, 2022, 2023, on Facebook. I'm looking at people, they look just like me. I've never seen them before in my whole life. They reaching out, like, I'm your uncle, I'm your cousin, I'm this, blah, blah, blah. So when I meet my sisters, and I'm, I'm who I am, I can't really change what I've become. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was, like, tensions and, like, it was jealousy. It was like hurt and pain. And I feel like instead of it being channeled into the right things, it was channeled to me of like, like we ain't, we ain't had nobody took us, took us in or, you know what I'm saying? And I had to deal with that to the point where like me and one of my sisters that I had just met, we got into a big argument before I even left California. And it was because mm -hmm. like, I'm on a plane, bro. I'm like reflecting on my trip. I'm like, yo, I just met my sisters who I ain't see since I was a kid. Bro, I got baby pictures. Bro, I used to have like, visions when I was a kid of like me and one of my sisters that I used to live with mm. and I used to think I was like making it up because I ain't never see her again so mm. I used to be like yo is this a dream like is this a daydream like am I where is this person coming from that I keep seeing mm. and then it just so happened when we meet she showed me like a Facebook post she made in like 2017 and she like you know I, she posted the picture that I always used to see in my head and she oh, said wow. something like yo like can somebody help me find my baby brother? Like, I miss him. So she showed me, like, how she was looking for me for all these years. And we, we seen each other. And by the end of the trip, like, I'm happy. I'm like, yo, I'm connecting the dots to my life. Like, I feel, like, more whole, like, as mm -hmm. a person. But I get on the plane. I make a Facebook post saying, like, yo, my mom, kind of like you with your dad. Like, my mom, she made a lot of mistakes in her life. But she told me her story and, like, why she did certain things. Right. So we got a relationship now to where, like, we talk on the phone, we laugh, we joke. If something make me uncomfortable, I tell her, vice versa. It's just like a very open relationship. And the parent I needed her to be when I was a kid, that's out the window. She never gonna get the chance to make that up. But who she is to me now, it's more like we friends a lot, in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. Like, um, So I go to my mom for advice, she come to me for advice, we be talking, and I basically was saying, I basically said that in the post. I was like, my mom is never gonna be who I needed her to be when we was kids, but like, who she is now, like, I love and respect her because, bro, she trying, she, she trying and she real. Like, my mom real, bro, like, 
when I say we talk like just two people in the world, bro, like <laughs> she tell me her real point of view. I tell her mind if I curse, whatever. You know how some parents be drawing like, watch him. Like my mom don't be on that. Like right, however right. I choose to express myself, she just let me do that because I feel like she respect the man I've become. Mm-hmm. Like when my mom see all my accolades and everything I've done, she like, yo, like I wasn't there, but his grandmother, who was her mom, like he, she made him a a great person so she respect me so she just let me whatever so mm-hmm. basically i was saying that in the post like how grateful i am that for the relationship that me and my, my mom have and i felt like that triggered my sister because this particular sister i don't think she got that relationship with either of her parents mm-hmm. or what she saw of my dad was bad so she was on some tight time basically like like why why are you praising your mom like that like you know, yet our situation, the way all our lives is, like, like she was a part of that, too. Like, mm-hmm. she basically felt like I was just, I didn't acknowledge my dad. Because even when I was out there, they asked me, did I want to go see him? I was like, no, because I wasn't ready. Like, right. bro, we would have, my dad homeless, bro. And he also, he used drugs. So, like, we would have had to just go, been driving all over California and just hope we run into him in mm-hmm. one of the places he usually was at. I, don't, I didn't go there for that. And I don't think I was, like, emotionally ready for that type of journey. Right. So I feel like she was on some type of time. Basically, like, you came all the way out here. You praising your mom, and you you ain't you even got, make an effort to see your dad. Yeah, I think some some people got like everybody hurt different and yeah. bring it out in different ways. So, like, even with situations like that, you gotta try to. I know because I had situations like that. Like, I know certain family members. I'd be like, that. they got everything, and they still be complaining about things where we think it's small. Yeah, you know, but to them it's not. And everybody got different viewpoints and aspects on things. So I try to like. I try not to get too involved in it and just let them know, like, you might really feel that way. Yeah. And because of everything she went through, it looks like that. And you're not doing it on purpose, you know? Yeah. But that's your perspective. So you got to learn not to judge on both sides, you know? And I'm not even judging her. Like, I still love her. But for me, that was hurtful, bro. Because mm-hmm. you got to think, like, I saw that picture in my head my whole life. Right. Then when I'm 27, I finally, like, I connect the dots to that picture. And I see my sister in the flesh. We look just alike. She like six feet tall. We got the same, we got all the same features. Only difference is she a little lighter and she got blonde hair. So mm-hmm. um, I still talk to one of my sisters, me and my little brother that I went to Invest Fest with. Mm-hmm. Me and him, we just met, bro, in like 2022. So I still got relationships with the rest of them. I hope that me and her could patch it up. But mm-hmm. we be all talking and it'd be like, yo, we got to stick together because. Got to. Like, Oh, y'all got it in this day. Yeah, like, it was broken enough. Like, this is a whole new generation. Some of us got kids. Like, we got to make it right for our kids. Like, that's the best that we could do now and just hope our parents, like, come along for the journey. And I think in today's society, I think it's so easy for people to be, like, be okay with just be like, okay, we just don't talk and it is what it is. I never think that's right. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like it's so easy to to shun people away or just, you know, just forget out of sight, out of mind. When in reality, we're not here for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, somebody has to be the mature one. Like I always say, if you're the rock in the family, you're probably going to go through the most stress. Mm-hmm. Cause you, but you got to be there. You can't just stop being there. Like yeah. in 2K, we were talking about you being a point guard. Like, yeah. Even though it's, it's a selfish thing, but when you to shut down, pressure up on yeah, but when you shut down because you are the rock, it crumbles everything else. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And some people are just born into a rock situation. Like I was talking to my, my siblings the other day. They like, y'all look up to you. I want to be like you when I grow up. That don't bother me because, like, it's all these older people that y'all yeah, should. I be feeling the same. You know, way. so it's like. My mom, she be calling me the chosen one, though, bro. Like, because of the, like, you know what's crazy, bro? All the things I experienced, like, I wouldn't trade my story no different, bro. Because I feel like if I, my mom had me at 15, 
Mm-hmm. I think she was in ninth or eighth grade, one of them. Bro, like, she wasn't ready to be a parent. My dad in and out of jail at that time. I think my grandma adopted me and my little sister and moving us to Philly. That probably was the best thing for me. Even though Philly has its flaws and its ups and downs, I'd be thinking, like, yo, I probably wouldn't have done half the things I've mm-hmm. done or become nearly what I've become if I would have been raised to my, by my mom. And that's no knock to her. But it's just like looking at the situation for just what it is, like she was a baby having a baby. Yeah. I could have been a into anything, bro. I could have been in the streets. I could be dead right now. So I just be grateful, like, yo, we suffered a lot. Like, bro, I went summers, I went winters, falls. You wonder like, yo, where my dad? What do he look like? Where is my mom? Cause I just rekindled with my mom, bro, like twenty nineteen. So you go all these years of your life. And you kind of feel like half a person, bro. Like, I, mm-hmm. I felt like that. I never used to invite my friends to my crib because I used to be like, yo, our house don't look like other people's houses. Like, we don't got a dad and a mom. Where I go to my friends, at least they got one of their biological parents. Mm-hmm. They got the Xboxes. They got the PlayStation. They got the Wii. When you come to my crib, it ain't really like that. We ain't have a lot. So it'd be like, I feel like I had to live in the shadows for a lot of years of my life. And because I was always popular, people always looked at me when I came outside. Like, yo, Tay, like, he gets a check, <laughs> whatever it is. They don't see. They don't really know that. The, they don't know the story, but it's people like Mike that know. Like he know the real me. I feel like where they be like, you know, Tay been through a lot. And something I, I was asking you this question earlier. I probably asked it too early, bro. But when I explain my answer, I feel like you probably get more what I was asking you. I feel like one of the pieces that I just discovered or realized about myself is that, like, I be overcompensating for certain things. That happened in my childhood like we talked about like our dads not being there how that affected us mm-hmm. so i'm not gonna i'm not tough at all bro i ain't no tough person but like i feel like when it comes to playing defense i'm like over aggressive when it comes to defending myself uh her this baby or even mm-hmm. the, my, my family all women bro so i have like this protective instinct in me and yep. it comes from like when i wasn't able to protect myself like how that made me feel like, I feel like when I was in elementary school, bro, I might have, or middle school, I might have ran from somebody, mm. chased me home, or whatever the case may be. And I think it wasn't until, like, eighth, ninth grade, like, I got into my first fight, but it was because I was forced to get into a fight. Like, I'm at the park. Bull said I was uh, messing with his little brother at school, whatever. He in 12th grade, I'm in, like, ninth grade. And I'm hooping. He came up, and he just hit me in the back of my head. He Asian, though. But around my way, bro, in Southwest, <laughs> Asians, they not regular Asians, bro. They like, they bloods, crips, all that. Like, they like, they like that. So, bull hit me or whatever, and I stumble. And our, our neighborhood, bro, it's so divided ethnically. Like, it's all blacks and it's a bunch of Asians. That's how Southwest is. And mm-hmm. it's African. So, like, bull hit me. And it looked like he was about to, like, you know when somebody on the floor, after you sneak somebody, you just keep kicking them. It's like, yeah. they can't really get up. But everybody in my hood, they like, no, like, they told the Asians, like, no, y'all not jumping in it. Like, they about to just scrap it out. And I don't know what it was in that moment. It just clicked for me. I'm like, yo, like, I got a rumble bull. Like, I, and this, I got I to gotta do it. I rumbled bull. He older than me. I ain't going to say the result out of respect. But I'm going to just say I, I held my own. Uh, I fought again probably in high school or whatever. But I think after that, that feeling of, like, yo, I can defend myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like it changed me for the rest of my life. Like, from that point, I never let nobody kind of, like, play with me. You probably even see it on the game sometimes. Like, I feel like I could be too aggressive sometimes. And mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like I'd be overcompensating for, like, 
I, for a lot of years, I didn't know what it meant to be a man. Right. Where we come from, you taught that a man is who get the most chicks, who beat niggas up, or whatever the case may be. Like, that's what we're taught that a man is. So in my journey, finding myself, I'm like, I know I could get chicks. All right, right. I got to be tougher. Like, I got to have tough skin. And I never was like, I never, I don't think I was soft. Like, sports, whatever the case may be, I always was one of the toughest and competed the hardest. But now I realize that a lot of it be me, or I'll say for a lot of years it was me overcompensating. Even in my relationship with Asia, like, I feel like sometimes, like, I will overassert what it, my influence as a man of, like, mm -hmm. no, what I say go, like, listen to me, or, like, when I get angry, trying to set a tone and making her, like, fear me as opposed to her just respecting my influence. And it's a way, like, that you could communicate to people where they feel you and they respect you without you, like, trying to assert your dominance yeah. or your toughness over them. And that's just, and, and that comes down to, at the end of the day, we not having a, a, a consistent father figure just in our life. So, right. you know, it's not about having, you can have a father in your life and it still be bad for you. Right. You got to have the right type of role model in your life that could teach you how to properly be a man. You right. know what I'm saying? I had, my granddad's was great. My my other granddad, he, he lived with us. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So, I seen how he carried himself around the house. He never, he never really raised his voice yeah. unless they was playing like cards or something, <laughs> like you know. Right. But he never raised his voice or nothing like that. So I already like that was never in me. Like I hate to argue. You know what I'm saying? So when I do argue, I feel a type of way about right. it. And I think like just for the dads out there now, like you just being present, y'all don't realize how much like that that helps. Like my dad, like I said, he wasn't there. He um he moved back with us probably when I was like 11th or 12th grade. But this is when I started I started playing sports. He went to every one of my track meets. Even my first track in college he mm -hmm. went to, that meant a lot, like, just to show that he was there, you know right. what I'm saying? So, like, dumb little moments can still help, can still change you, you know what I'm saying, no matter how old you are. Like, a lot of people, like I said, they think, I'm too old, I'm going to just give up, or I'm already stuck in my ways. You can always change, you know what I'm saying? And that just led um, me to another thought that we didn't talk about when we had this conversation initially was, like, four boys that grew up without their dads, and they're just trying to find their way. Mm -hmm. Where do they go? Like, who do they turn to? I mean, I had, uh, me personally, my track coach, uh, Dworsky Odom, he was like all our father figures. Yeah. Like, he taught us so many life lessons. Like, even girl situations, we'd call, yo, coach, and he'd really be there for us, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So you can look into, like, sports. There's mentors out there. Um, even people you play the game with, like, we got a whole bunch of, what am I, am I the old, I'm the second oldest, maybe? You're the second oldest. I'm yeah. the second oldest now, but, like, we play with, what, some Lamar, people, they look 18, yeah. 19, like, and they really look up to us. They um, they, do. they ask us questions. I'll be like, damn, I'm really giving game out. Like, that's what that I, I wish I would have had. Like, that's what I'm like. I remember uh, our young, shout out to Lamar, man. He reminds me a lot of myself. <laughs> I tell you all the time, but he'd be like asking me about girls a lot. Mm. He'd be like, break the situation. Yo, Tay, this so and so happened, and I really like this girl. Blah blah. blah. And one day I told him, I'm like, bro, like, I'm like Lamar. He basically said the girl was a slime ball. Like she slimed him out. Whatever the kids may be. So I'm like, bro. Where you be moving as a youngin, like, yo, like, you got, just tighten up. I'm like, tighten up. That's basically the gist of what I told him. Like, you can't be mad at her for the way she moving. Like, look at how you moving. Mm -hmm. And I was like, like, it's but, karma. It's how you treat people. And he was, he was like, he was like, man, tell you always blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, I'm older than you. I'm like, would you want me to give you the advice of, like, being a slime bar? Or do you want me to tell you the truth, which may not be what you want to hear, but it's for right. your betterment. And when he thought about it, he was like, damn, you're right. And I was like, that's. You mean? But like, even even if you think about it, like they 18, 19, right? My mom had me at 20. Imagine them without like old heads like us, like imagine them not having us and having a kid. Right. 
Like, you can understand now where, like, like I'm. Our parent, damn. Like we deep. older right now, we yeah. still feel. I still that's feel deep. like a kid. Like I don't feel. That's deep. But if I was my dad, he was. I would be ten years old right now. Damn, that's I deep. I can't see myself raising a ten year old. I'm being that's honest, man. Like, because like when I look at Lamar and them, I'd be like, I'd be laughing because he's funny. Like the stuff he be yeah. going through, Jim. Like where they at mentally? Like I remember being at that phase in my life. But like with the example that you just gave, like so my mom is basically Lamar subtract three four years off her life. Yeah. So imagine you so got where a, he's at mentally. My mom was. <laughs> that's crazy. And your life is fast forward. Like money different. Everything is different. So like. Even now, when my mom, like, my mom got pregnant when I was in college, and she was like, yo, I'm scared. To hear my mom say she's scared, yeah. and no, my mom is pregnant right now, like, yeah. it's crazy, but I realized, like, yo, they just older versions of, you know what I'm saying? That's I, the I truth, for real, like, it is. So I can't, I stopped, like, having, you know, crazy feelings or feeling away about how I felt like they could have been better, because at the end of the day, they were still learning, you know what I'm saying? No, that's, that's deep, bro, because... I put on my story last night, like I was crying yesterday, right on this damn couch. And it's cause Asia looked at me and she said, like, she asked me, like, was I happy? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, babe. Like I'm happy. Like, <laughs> you know when your girl asks you, like, if you happy in your relationship, like, oh, like man. you best, like, yeah, like it's no So I'm like, yeah, babe, I'm happy. Like, what you mean? And she was like, No, she like, like, are you happy? Like, are you happy with your life? Like, are you happy just period? And I started thinking, bro, I started talking to her about like like, how I enjoy playing the game, bro, or, like, it's certain things I do now, like, I don't really care. I say it, bro. I might do an edible on the weekend. Like, that's how I like to relax and chill, whatever the case may be. Bro, my grandma, she was so strict growing up. Like, she ain't really let me do a lot of things, bro. Like, I didn't really get the experience of a lot of kids because it's either church home, church home. To even mm-hmm. go outside, it was a hassle. To play sports, I didn't get to play sports till high school or not. Fortunately, I got to go to college and play or whatever, but that don't happen for a lot of kids. So mm-hmm. I was basically telling Asia, like, my trajectory, I feel like because of my grandmom adopting us and she had a lot of fear, so she used to over, she used to be super strict because she wanted us to be successful. Right. So, like, I went, I got my bachelor's degree from Temple. I go to University of Penn, which is an Ivy League school for my master's. And the level of focus that took to do all that, bro, like, I had to miss out on a lot. So when I tell y'all 2K23, that was my first time playing online, bro, I meant it because I never, <laughs> Asia knew me. I never played games, bro, to where she see me now. I play the game every day, bro. Yeah, like, bro. hours, that's like part of my social life. And I was telling Asia, like, um, I was like, babe, me playing the game or being able to do an edible or on the weekends or whatever the case may be, like, I was I feel free. Like, I feel happy. I feel at peace. Like, mm-hmm. these are, like, little things to me. But I was like, I missed out on so much as a kid that I feel like now being able to go get the latest Jordans I wanted that I, we couldn't yeah. afford when I was young. But I was like, it's kind of me living out, like, my childhood as an adult in a weird way of, like, it's no, it's really no, as you get older, you realize it's no age or, like, time limit we just, on we just you could do We just growing, yeah. we just getting older, but we just still growing, we still learning. And I think at the end of the day, I mean, that's success. Right. To to just we in a nice apartment, like we we really have the success story. Right. You know, we are a success story. I think we just always look at other Something people's else. yeah, we try to compare it and it's never, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, man, we blessed to be where we at right now. Um just to be in positions to potentially change somebody's life, to be mentors, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, a lot. And not like when Lamar tell me like Yo, you and Asia, every time you hear Asia in the background, he's like, yo, black love, black love. <laughs> I know you're going to be the best dad or whatever the case may be. And uh, 
Like, that mean a lot to me, bro, because I know where I came from. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people that may have been a follower or something along my journey, they probably think my life was whatever the case may be, but they don't know. I ain't live with neither one of my parents. I was raised by my grandma. So, like, the man I am to her, becoming a father, whatever kind of dad I am, like, I'm learning on the fly, bro. I'm just really, right. I feel like the difference between me and a lot of people is, it's funny I'm about to say this because of what I said about my dad earlier, but I feel like I'm not afraid to really, like, dive into whatever happened to me or whatever trauma in my life i feel like i'm not afraid to face it mm-hmm. and i feel like because i'll be facing stuff head on it'd be easier for me to like heal from it and like move on so i feel like if i ain't go to therapy or i ain't make the connection like you say of like um my my family stories but you're a player you never gonna settle down you treat every this every time i see you it's a different girl whatever mm-hmm. the case may be you don't realize like you're trying to find yourself. You're trying to find love yeah. and what it means and just you're going about it in probably the wrong ways. But there's nobody guiding you. you just right. living. So, like, you got to learn that, like, as you get older. But basically, like, um, I feel like because I wasn't afraid to, like, look at those things and look at myself and be reflective, introspective, had these type of conversations, this is why I'm able to be a fiancé. This is why I'm able to embrace, like, becoming a father. Yeah. Um, so I, if anybody listening, I'll say, like, if you got a similar situation to me and Key, whether you don't got your mom, you don't got your dad, whoever it is, um, this is my advice. I would just say, like, don't be afraid to have conversations. Like, be reflective. Like, if you got to journal it out, don't be afraid to talk to somebody. I know that's the advice I always give, but I feel like the hardest part is usually, like, the beginning of most stuff, like, venturing into it. It's kind of like my fear right now of talking to my dad. Like, the thinking about it, that's probably the hardest part Mm -hmm. and having the conversation. But the road after, I feel like that's where you really get to reap the rewards of, like, what you put in. And usually, from what I've seen, when you face your fears, like, usually you understand, like, yo, this wasn't as scary as I was Mm -hmm. making it seem or as big. You can't can't be afraid of the interaction you're going to have. You know, you just got to be willing to control yourself. You you don't want to lash out to a point where... You know, because everybody not at a place where they can, you know, receive it right. Right. You know, you might one day be like, hey, I want to just meet you and meet him. And he still don't give you what you want, but you still did your part. Right. And you, I feel like at the end of the day, you never feel closure until you just do what you got to do. Mm. You know, so. Yeah. You ain't, you ain't answered the question, though, bro. I wanted to, and that made me think, like, what you just said about, like, lashing out. I was saying this earlier in telling the story about the fighting or whatever. And me becoming overly aggressive, I feel like. I never learned how to properly like channel my emotions because I didn't that mm. that male presence. I didn't see how a man handles situations when he gets angry. I seen the women in my family. I know a lot of people say women are emotional. I'm not gonna say that's fact or not or whatever <laughs> the case may be. But in my experience in my household, when women got angry or when they had disputes, they argued. They got yeah. on the phone, they talked trash about each other or whatever. That's just how sisters are. Like, you yeah. call your other sister and tell her about the other sister or whatever. Or you call your mom and tell her about your sister. That's just what yeah. I've seen. Or I've seen them get angry and make quick decisions, like irrational decisions. So I feel like when I got older, that's how I was. Like, I wasn't afraid to let people go. Or, like, um, I would make emotional decisions when I get angry or I would snap or whatever the case may be. And I used to think it was cool. Mm-hmm. And then you get older and you, like, I got around men. And I would say, bro, like, my old head, my OG, Amir, I met him at church. I think I had to be, like, 12, 13, however old. He, like, the calmest person ever. And I would say that's when my, like, I changed so much because I, I admired him. And mm-hmm. I told this story before. I admired him for, like, 
it was vain at first. Like he used to have the Saint Laurent sneaks, the Gucci sneaks, the Prada. You know, you had Pradas back in like twenty something, twenty ten. You was you was him. So I used to look up the mirror. You waking up, Sonny? I'm sorry, we making too much noise. I used to look up to him, and uh, I started just noticing his demeanor, like how he carried himself. And I think eventually I would ask him questions, and I feel like over time I learned how to, like I'm more mindful of myself now, my actions. I still have my moments, but when after I do it, I'll know that I messed up and mm-hmm. be like, right, I need to go back and fix that. Like when me and Lamar got into it that night, when they yeah. done, I called him, I was like, yo, bro, like I'm your old head. Like that was messed up of me to you know put you in that position. Like I apologize to you if I made you feel some type of way, whatever the case may be. But I want to ask you, in your experience, do you look at any part to your life and you be like, damn, this is a direct product. Like, I am this way or have this flaw because there was a lack of a man in my household or my um, dad wasn't able to be there consistently. Like, um, I mean, my dad, everybody know my dad, he hot head. Like, he, he lash out quick, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And people fear him to the point, like, I remember he... One summer he taught me, he uh, had me going to boxing, um, had me taking boxing lessons. This story was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so he had me taking boxing lessons, and um, when I went in there, he's like he dropped me off and he left, and the boxing person was like, "Oh, that's uh, they call my dad Lil John." He was like, "That's Lil John's son." Yeah. Uh, he just beat the bull up at Blockbuster, so they already treated me different, you know, because they feared my dad. My he yeah. used to really fight, like. Yeah. So when I got home, I went and told my dad, like, "Hey, they said you beat some dude up at Blockbuster." My dad like instantly got mad, and I think it was like the next day he went and beat my boxing teacher up. So like when you see fear like that, it's like, <laughs> like you know, what am I supposed to do? You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. because of that, like I know like when I get mad, mad, my temper becomes like it's yeah. it's crazy. So I try not to even like I be calm because yeah. when I get there, I can't stop. Yeah, and it's, it brings flashbacks like, bro, I don't want to. I can beat this monster. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I try to like just chill and always been calm, but because of that. Like, even with females, I realize, like, sometimes I'll be extra nice. You, y'all all tell me, okay, you giving them, you too nice, you, too nice, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But that's because, like, I love how my mom treated me, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I don't want to see, like, I don't know, that's just me. Like, over, I guess, is it overcompensating? I would say, like, where I just do too much, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So It is, I try it to, is like, overcompensating. It's like, you doing too, like, I don't know. I get what you're saying, yeah. 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 And I try to be mindful of it. Like, I see you know that in you. I be getting on you about that, yeah. bro. Like, like I be don't go over there. Like, I be like, yo, bro, you don't <laughs> gotta do all that, bro. Like, yeah. you going above and beyond. Like, yeah. you, I'm saying, you did. But a I lot. realize, like, a lot of females, like, they be in crazy situations. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They don't, they don't have no male guidance. And because, like, I was raised a certain way, when I show them respect, they be like, oh, and I just keep, I keep it going. Like, I'm like, do you feel like it's harder for boys to grow up without their dads or girls? It's probably. Even, but uh, I think it's harder for boys, but I would say it's nothing worse than a female without a mom. Mm. Like every female I was, I would say didn't have their mom in their life. Like their trajectory is crazy. Like the stuff they do is wild. Yeah. Like you need that mother love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You could figure a way to get by. I'm not saying that my opinion. You could figure a way to get by without your dad. Like. That's mostly everybody's story. Right. But without your mom, it's like a whole different level, like a love that you search for and never can really find. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's even hard for boys without their moms, bro. Like, I mean, both. I think without a mom, period, just that nurturing yeah. love that you need. You know what I'm saying? You could be sensitive with your mom. Right. You're not necessarily getting that with your dad, so you already, you know. Yeah. Which is, is not right. I think statistically, it's more men 
in the household now than than ever before, but black men. Yeah, yeah, and I think like that that is hard. That is hard because I feel like uh, a mother, like especially for a son, in, in my experience, bro, like like we talked about that love. I only could compare it to like when I was like dating. Like when I was young, like I used to get attached to girls real quick. Like I'd meet a girl. And though I'm a deep person, so we have certain conversations after a week, two weeks, I'd be like, oh, I love this person. Like, <laughs> and I ain't know, I'm like, that was always my story. Like, my homies, I feel like they started getting used like, let's see how long she stay around, bro. Like, <laughs> you up, whatever the case may be. And uh, I felt like when I built a relationship with my mom in 2019, that's around the time where me and Asia started building. And I feel mm-hmm. like if I ain't never take that time to, like, figure stuff out with me and my mom, hear her story understand her absence or whatever the case may be, what she was going through, I wouldn't have been able to be in a relationship. So I could definitely see how, you know, the mom, in terms of the sensitivity and the emotional stuff. I think especially in a partner, because I feel like they always say women, like dudes they date is what they would see their their dad was or yeah. their ideal version of what their dad should be. Mm. Same with us, like what we would want our mom, that's what we're going to kind of go after that love, you know what I'm saying, that type of feeling, so. Yeah. I mean, relationship-wise, it's definitely the opposite, but I think. He getting fussy. You ready to make your appearance? <laughs> Hold on. Let me put your passy in. He's still asleep. He getting hungry, bitch. He heard all that mom talk. Mm-hmm. Soon as we start talking <laughs> about too, he, he come right in love. <laughs> he said, you know what? I'm here too long. <laughs> But yeah, even on the topic of like what you said about the sensitivity, bro, I feel like I really want to strike a balance of both. Like I had a situation where my little cousin, and we African, bro, so my uncle, he's a uh, Ghanaian. So my little cousin, um, we're Liberian. My aunt married a Ghanaian man. So like you put that together, it's going to be a strict household. So my little cousin at that time, he had to be about 12, I think. And one of his main chores is like taking out the trash. And he's the oldest boy, so he look after his sisters, whatever the case may be. So his dad be like, kind of like a drill sergeant. Like he's very militant. Like, my, my little cousin know that he got chores and things he's supposed to do around the house. Mm-hmm. And if he don't, like, he gonna hear about it. So I think, I happened to be coming home from college and I went back to the crib. And as soon as I walked in, my little cousin was, he was getting, like, his pops was just giving it to him. I'm like, damn. So he used to do, his dad used to do the same thing to me because I lived there with them. And uh, his dad treat me totally different now that I've become a man and he see whatever. But I'm looking at my little cousin. I ain't say nothing when he was getting yelled at. But when my uncle left, I pulled my little cousin to the side. And I was like, yo, I was like, you good? And he tried to be tough. He tried to brush it off. He was like, yeah, I'm cool. Like, he was like, my dad is so annoying. And I was like, um, I was like, if you're not cool, like, you can tell me. Like, mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I'm good. I'm like, bro. I'm like, I used to get the same thing. Like, I know how it is. I'm like, if you're not cool. Like, it's cool. And I, like, turned him to me. I put my hand on his shoulder. And I was like, um, I just gave him a hug. I was like, I know it's hard. Like, when he's yelling at you and he got, you know, you got certain responsibilities. I was like, just try to, like, if you want to go outside or if you want to go hang out, or you want to play the game. I'm like, just make sure you do everything he expects you to do. So when he get home, you know, you don't got to deal with that. And I just gave him a hug. And, bro, he ain't let me go. He started crying, but the tears, it got even, like, bigger. Like, mm-hmm. he started, you could tell somebody, like, crying from their soul. Like, yeah. he was, like, really, he needed that. And I was just happy that, like, I ain't let my experiences of growing up without a dad or a male figure, like, harden me to the point to where I couldn't be sensitive to the needs of other people. And my little cousin, I feel like he's going to be a lot better 
to whoever, his girl, or just for himself because of the time I took to understand what I went through, for real. I think we got, as men, we just got to be more vulnerable mm-hmm. to let those, like, type of moments happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody need a hug. Everybody go through things. You know what I'm saying? Like, the first time you see a male cry shouldn't be at a funeral or a death. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's okay to have them type of, them type of moments. Like, we all human at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, this one, if you need, your dad always crying, so. <laughs> you ain't even go ahead to worry about that. You go get endless hugs, endless. And I'm, I'm happy that like, I'm happy the generation that we in, we're like, he gonna be able to watch this when he two, when he four, when he six, mm-hmm. seven, eight. Whenever he want to refer back to this in his life, he don't gotta look at like a photo album and just wonder like, yo, what was the time period like? It's not like, no lost history. It's ain't no lost on. history. It's on video, so he could be like, yo, my dad was really holding me. This is what type of person he was through these years of his life. Like, I was there. Um, I think that's real special that we get to, like, control our own, you know, narratives. Yeah, and them moments just mean a lot. Like, even if, you know, crazy things happen. You never know yeah. what happened in life, but you still see a point where y'all was together. Right. You know what I'm saying? You was there. Right. And I think that's that that's means anything. Yeah. That's why I love taking pictures. Like, I love doing stuff like that. Like, you just never know in life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I heard, I was just watching this interview with uh, Steph and uh, Nipsey. It was mad random. Steph Curry and Nipsey, they was driving. They was talking about uh, fatherhood. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, they was talking about it, whatever case. Nipsey was talking about everything that he put into his oldest, which is, I think, his daughter, Imani. And you know, Nipsey recently passed away, whatever case may be. But I heard that same thug interview I was referring to. He was saying, like, you know, he put so much into his daughter before he left the earth that, like, she, like, her wisdom and her age is, like, She's mm-hmm. so advanced because of everything. And even her being old enough to know who her dad was, like, nobody never going to have to be able to tell her. Like, the way people were telling me about my dad, she ain't never going to have to figure it out that right. way. She's going to be able to look and see, like, yo, my dad was an honorable person. Like, this is mm-hmm. the legacy that he left on the world. And I think that's real special for real. Yeah. I think dad shouldn't be to the dads out there. Like, like me and Tay right now, right, you see we still successful. You got one, you know, your dad wasn't in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was, he was present. You know what I'm saying? He was still there. Like, you don't, like, you can still be there for your kid. Your kid can still turn out good. You don't got to right. be scared to build those type of relationships, you yeah. know what I'm saying, with your kids. But, like, a lot of parents, they give up. They think it's too late or it's yeah. not going to work. I don't want to curse you. I don't want you to have to, nah, still be there. You know what I'm saying? That that means more than anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of people be like, I'm going to wait till they get older. To, nah. Like, just them little moments can really change your whole trajectory of life. Like, I was blessed to have great friends, people mm-hmm. that really, yo, don't be in the streets or do this. Like, I was blessed to have that. Everybody don't have that. They don't. You know what I'm saying? So, And that's a perspective, perspective I never had until you said it, bro. Like, when we had that talk that night, I never thought about it like that. Because if you just left it up to me, I probably would just be like, yo. Yeah, your initial tone about the situation, yeah, like, like, even from today, like, it's still, it's getting better and more you more responsive to yeah. it, you know what I'm saying? Before I was on some type, like, was like I never speak like. to my dad again, like, I was cool with that. I'm like, I seen him, I know what he looked like, like, that was enough for me. Mm. I just don't want no parts with him. But I think when you broke down your story, and I forget, it was an analogy you gave me that Snowfall. Night. Say what you said, uh, bro, that so was powerful. If you think lie. about Snowfall, right, um, look how Franklin turned out. But, like, so imagine Franklin's son growing up and seeing Franklin now, like, homeless, this and that. Like, they don't realize, like, everything Franklin did initially, right or wrong, was for his kid. Right. He snapped out, went crazy about the money because he wanted to make sure his kid 
uh, future was safe. Right. You know what I'm saying? The mom made out good, so the mom might tell, she could tell him the good story, she could tell him the bad, like your dad just left or he went crazy. Like, but at the end of the day, Franklin was trying to be there. Right. So as a kid, you really don't, you know, you don't know both sides of the story and Franklin might be too gone for the kid to understand it. You know what I'm saying? But like, if Franklin is in the right mind, like you understand why he did what he did. Right. And I think one part that you missed, but it really clicked for me was like, you highlighted everything Franklin was before he got into the streets. Mm. And if you look at the person that he was before he got into the streets, he always was generous. He was charismatic. Yep. He had a really good relationship with his mom. He didn't drink. His mom. He ain't drink. He was sober. And he was smart. Like, he was, like, super smart. Like, he wasn't, yeah. like, an average kid. And I think, like, those are the stories that get left out a lot of times. They're like, we don't know what it is that make people snap or venture down the wrong roads, but... Those stories are really important. Mm-hmm. And because of a lot of the narratives, it makes it hard for kids to be like, I want to meet my dad or I want to meet my mom because you heard all these, these negative things. So it's like, I think it's powerful what you said. Like, it's never. And not even knowing your family, late. not knowing your family history, like, that's important because, like, like my family, I got one half that's, they will go into addiction. It could right. be from, it could be drugs, pills. Like, I never touch pills because I know for a fact my family has. Can be right. become addicted to it. So like, I'm not. If I didn't know that, what if I just went out on the street, tried pills, and now I'm addicted? Right. I don't know why I'm addicted, or that's right. changing the course of my relationship with friends. But it's really genetically inherited. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you just got to be aware. Try to be. Try to become aware once you know it's stuff out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I agree, hundred percent. I said I'm gonna do my ancestry. Like, I want to know where I'm from. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you want to know that type of history. And you should, so, bro. I think like, bro, the past. I'll say my 20s, bro, it's been so fire. And it, not in a way of, like, how people would think. Like, my 20s was lit. Like, we did this. Mm-hmm. For me, bro, I feel like I really dived deeper into myself. And I feel like I discovered, like, who I actually was and who I am as a person. Like, I rekindled relationships with my, a relationship with my mom. I found my siblings. I found the whole half of my family. Uh, see what my dad looked like. Bro, like, that all... I dive deeper into like my African ancestry and culture. Like I remember when I was a, I think I was a junior in college. I took like this anthropology course, and they made us go home and like interview like an immigrant family member or something like that and write a paper about it. And this was the first time like I was talking to my maternal grandmother, like my mom, mom about her story of like immigrating to America from West Africa and Liberia. And she told me the story about. How she came to America on a boat with Christian missionaries and she was only 15. She left mm. behind her parents, her siblings, friends, everything she knew about the world in life. She left it behind to come to America for a better opportunity. It was a war. I think it was the Biafra War in Liberia. And she came to America and um, she told me she first went to Chicago and she said it was snowing outside. It was so cold. She never saw snow before. She's 15. She never saw snow because mm-hmm. in Africa it's just hot. And she, she was so scared of the snow, and she fell, and she broke her arm. Mm. And just stories like that, like, I'll always remember that to tell him of, like, where we come from and, like, how we got here. And just hearing those stories, hearing my parents' stories about what kind of people they were, what was life like when they was growing up, I feel like it just made me feel more holistic as a person. So for the parents out there, like, even the immigrant parents specifically, like, I know a lot of them don't be wanting to, like, talk about their stories or where we come from, but... It's very important. Like it, it's very important because it's a legacy and it's generational. And you don't want those stories to like die out. We got Ancestry.com. We got Twenty Three and Me. But if you don't have a family member 
in whatever country or continent that you can go and trace, it'd be hard to like find out y'all lineage or like where y'all come from. So I was fortunate enough that my grandma immigrated here. We had family that she brought over here that came after, and we still got family back home in Africa that I could go to. And like, even if your family don't even trace that far back, I'm just saying that like, um, just communicating with your kids, like telling them who you are and where you come from and mistakes you might've made when you was a kid trying to figure out how to raise them. It's very important. I have conversations with my aunts who was like my age or younger than I am now when they was like stepping in for my mom to try to help my grandma raise me. And my aunt said something recently to me, like, she was like, I was your age, like, trying to raise you. You was, like, 12, like, trying to figure it out. Like, I'm trying to get my life off the ground, <laughs> and I'm trying to raise my nephew. She was like, you don't understand, like, how hard that was. She was like, it was a time period where we was, like, me and you was, like, best friends. She was like, when you became a teenager, I didn't even really know how to, like, relate to you or nothing no more because she had to be strict. She had to give me structure now. And I'm mm -hmm. looking at it like, damn, you're supposed to be the cool aunt. And yeah. I start rebelling against her. She was like, everything, she was like, you just got to understand, like, you know, I was a kid. And she apologized to me for, like, stuff she ain't do right or whatever. And that, that really, that meant a lot, bro, just hearing mm -hmm. her say, like, yo, I was trying to figure it out. Like, I apologize. I ain't know what I was doing, like, keeping it a buck. That, that means a lot. So for parents, like Keith said, don't feel like it's too late. You missed out on a lot, lost time. Like, if the kid is open to him, open to the conversation, tell him your story, be honest, be vulnerable, and... You never know what could happen. I don't know if it's going to go the right way. It's up to the person, but yeah. it's worth a try. And just circle, because, like, even in high school, my mom was there, but I used to always go to my godbrother's house because his parents was together, so I was able to start enjoying and seeing that, you know yeah. what I'm saying, before my dad moved in and they tried again, before I, you know, got that home feeling again. Mm -hmm. But I just think, like, even how y'all be like, I got a chip on my shoulder, like, mm -hmm. I never want to be a statistic. Like, never. Like, they say you can do something, you can do it. Might just gotta put in the work, but yo, key, yo, <laughs> you can't let nothing just define you because that's how key be overcomes. See, how I asked him that question, <laughs> yo, yo, if you tell key, like, yo, he not good at something or he can't do something, bro, I'm going to, yo, the next time you see key, he's gonna know how to do that thing, yo, it's anything, yo, you can say, like, you don't know how to make fried chicken, this fried chicken nasty, yo. When next time you see King, he gonna have the best taste of fried chicken ever. Yo, yo, he'll be playing, yo. I noticed that about you, bro. I'm like, yo, King don't like when people like underestimate him. No, nah, man, I be like, I got too like. Where that came from, though? Like, I don't know. I mean, you feel like you just, was like looked down upon. I like, what you I mean? wouldn't say looked down upon. I feel like I was always in a good light, but I never wanted to fall into a situation where I wasn't in a good light. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, because I feel like it's just easy to be a statistic out here. It's easy to, oh, you ain't got no mom, dad. You can't do this. You can't. Like, nah, you can. Yeah. You can put yourself in a position to, you know, whatever you really want to do in life. Like, it might be hard, but at least try. Yeah. Like, I can't play defense on 2K yet, but I'll be trying. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, like, that's a work in progress. <laughs> like, I try. At the end of the day, I just try. I feel like, a lot, like I said, so many people, like, I got a lot of friends that just be giving up sometimes. Like, yeah. bro, you got to try. Like, you got to, can't make an excuse. We old. We, we grown. Like, yeah. there's no point in making an excuse for yourself. Or even say, because I didn't have this person here, you, you like, three times in life, I feel like you could start over. Like, really, when you get to high school, mm -hmm. nobody knows you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you get to college, nobody knows you. You have a fresh slate. And when you graduate, you got another fresh slate. So you can keep reinventing and rebuilding yourself as you go, get older. Feel like people just be stuck in old ways and feel like they trapped, which yeah. is 
No, that that's that's really important, bro. And that's what I was telling Asia, kind of like this era and season of my life that I'm in right now is just like if it was a title, it's just like me just being free and like whatever happens, like that's just what it's gonna look like. Like when I was young, I couldn't get, you know, how other kids you get the part in your hair or you. I see kids now, they moms let they be like elementary school, they moms let them dye their hair, they got dreads and all that. My grandma wasn't having it, <laughs> so I feel like now that I'm like out on my own, I'm in a new city. It's a whole new first sleep. Like, nobody know me here. I get to, like, chart out my identity. So I just be, like, mm-hmm. with a lot of stuff, bro, I feel like I just be going with the flow, like, modeling. I never did that before. If I had the right situation when I was younger, I probably would ask my mom and dad, like, can I go do a get photo shoot or something? Or can I go do a commercial? Right. Whatever the case may be. So now it's, like, I'm just in that season of freedom where I'm, like, I'm just trying everything I ever wanted to do. And I just feel, like. I mean, that's important you said that. Like, at the end of the day, you didn't do it in his childhood. He got older, he still went and did it. Like, right. it's no age and it's no limit to it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can be whatever age and still pursue a dream. Like, right. That's like um, when you when we first met. It was shortly after, after we had started getting closer. You was like telling me about, like, being a 30 year old rapper or being, you know, 30 and like. Bro, I was terrified of becoming 30. Like, I, bro, yeah. I'm like, bro, what am I gonna do? And then, I'm like, I just thought about. It. I had met. Uh, I was in the studio with uh, Waka Flocka brother Kwan, mm-hmm. and he was basically like, bro, age, music don't got an age to it. Like, if you make good music, you make good music, still put it out. Right. Don't let these people trick you out your spot. He's like, look at Jay-Z, they be 29, 20. the baby I think was 28 or something. Like, at the end of the day, like, if you good, you're going to be good, you know right. what I'm saying? If you, got, if you got one fan, two fans, like, you still got a fan, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And I think my response to you when you asked me about that, I was like, bro, I was like, uh, you ain't out here, like, going broke or like not handling your responsibilities like trying yeah. to be a musician like you go to work every day you take care of yourself your family help where you can do things for your mom but you love music yeah. so if it ain't if you 30 and you didn't get to where you want to be you ain't get to see the ceilings of what you could be in music why not keep pursuing it yeah, like, like what's stopping what's stopping there's nothing like think about the hottest rappers i think you talk about this like the hottest rappers we we listen to now is is older 36 yeah. jay-z just dropped how old is it? Fifties? He might be in his fifties. Like they older, but they not stopping. Like, there's no real, there's no, there's no limit to this. You know what I'm saying? To life, uh, I think. To life, period. Like you can be whatever age and do whatever you want to do. I think that's the moral of like this whole conversation is that like, regardless of what your circumstances were, the upbringing, certain people absence, whether it's your mom or your dad, like it's not a reason to make excuses for yourself or to not live life to the fullest. Exactly. Granted, all of our situations is different. But y'all just heard me like everything that of the worst statistics that a person could experience, like I I experienced all that. Like mm-hmm. I didn't see my mom and dad since I was two. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been in the foster care system. I moved around a bunch of times. Like like it don't get no realer than that. Like, and people might not know that's my story, but that's my story. Meeting my siblings at 20-something years old, whatever the case may be, and just embracing all of that and being brave and leaning into it. Um, if I could do that and go to school for free, full ride, graduate with a master's degree, Ivy League, I've never been a top student. I don't, I'm not saying I was dumb. I just think I had so much trauma and things I was trying to figure out that you don't understand when you was a kid, so I was acting out. I wasn't being my full self. And I think... As you get older, certain people step into your life. You mature. You find yourself. Um, I start going down the path that I was supposed to, charting out my purpose. So it's like, for y'all, like certain people might not have been there. Like, 
Certain people might never come, but you got to find a way to make peace with that so you can live life and reach, you know, get fulfillment out of life. Like, reach with whatever is your best, whatever that look like. And I'll leave y'all with that. I would just say, even if you do rekindle a situation, you got to be mindful. You can't look for, don't judge them off the love you want. You know what I'm saying? Judge them off the, the love that you can still, you know, kind of get. Yeah. Because you can go into it like, all right, you rekindle it and you want that love of them being there. You're not going to have that. And if you look at them for that, you're going to always be disappointed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you go in just, you know, fresh slate and just, just want to build some type of relationship, even if it's just a, I call you once a once or twice a, a, a year, like right. you still went and built that relationship. You know what I'm saying? Because there was a lot of people that said, oh, you shouldn't do this by telling you this age. As long as you're taking care of your responsibilities, you know what I'm saying, them people still be in the same spot. Yep. They never move. And the yep. reason they didn't reach their goals was because they were scared from somebody telling that same thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, just believe in yourself more than anything. And my know? therapist, like, he helped me a lot when I was recounting the relationship with my mom. And he just told me one thing that I feel like would be helpful for y'all is that he was like, like, who your mom is today, like, you have to learn how to love this version of her. Like, she probably never going to change. Like, she she's older now. Like, this is the person that she is. So he was like, you know, in rekindling this, you can't hope for the mom that you wanted when you was a young young or the mom that you needed. He was like, this is the version. And if you probably if you can't you if you can't accept that, you probably could be setting yourself up for failure because your expectation is you're not loving who she is. You're trying to change her. So he was like, you know, you got to learn to just accept this version of her and manage your expectations. So I'll say that in addition to what Keith said, just know how to think about what you want to get out of the relationship. Exactly. Like think about your goals for whatever it is. Like he said, you could talk to them once a year or twice a year, but in those once or two times a year, how do you want that to look? How do you want to feel? So it's like... Because that can change how they treat. Like I said, my dad, yeah. to the things he do, like how great of a father he is to my other baby siblings, like I love it because you... He just had a bad stroke, and mm-hmm. his main thing in the hospital was how my kids gonna get to school or my kids gonna be okay. Yeah. It was selfless. He didn't care about nothing about him having to get brain surgery. It was are my kids okay? Yeah. Can I be there? Can I? They was getting arguments about basically like, can he even take them right now? Can mm-hmm. he pick them up right now because of the situation? But the love he has for them, I'm pretty sure it comes from. You look back, I wasn't there as much for them, so right. I'm gonna try to. Right that wrong. Right that yeah. wrong, because we could have lashed out at him and made him feel some type of way, or he could have lashed out or did anything and be like, okay, I got these kids, I still don't care. No. You know, we just went with it with love, and, you know, love heals all at the end of the day. It does, bro. When I learned my mom's story, bro, and even my dad, I heard different parts of his story, like, I understand. Like, I may not be ready to go down certain paths, but when you understand, bro, that story, bro, I felt like a fool for being angry at my mom. Like, I'd be like, I'm like, damn. Like you went through all that at 15, 14. Mm-hmm. Like, I see why you was moving how you was moving or whatever the case may be. So, like, love does, it does heal all. And we got to, we got to find it within ourselves to, like, just be open to lean into that process. It hurt. It be a lot of ugly stuff. Like, you hear stories, you've seen things. But it's just like, I don't know. I know they say life is short. People say life is short a lot. But it, it really is. And you don't want to live life with no regrets. Like, my grandma was gone. She was like my mom and my dad. And this thing's like, I wish I said things I wish I did. And this thing's I appreciate now that I didn't when she was living because it just finally hit me. I'd be like, damn, like this, she put this in me. And you know, like for somebody like your mom, your dad, even a friend, like 
you don't want to live life with that feeling. So I say, if you can find it within yourself to forgive or whatever the case may be, I think you it's worth it. And like with the, uh, the feedback you gave me with my pops, bro, like I definitely, I've been thinking about it, man. I've been thinking about it a lot. And I know maybe sometime this year, that's on my heart. You know, it might happen. I just was looking at um, his picture last night with Asia, and I looked at the baby because, like, people keep saying he looked like me. And I'm looking at me, him, and my pop, and I was like, damn, like, that's, like, three generations right there. Like, three generations. Like, like that's that's beautiful. Like, he he, he deserved to see his grand, grandson, you know, to know he has a grandson. And who knows what that journey will present in itself. But I think since I had him... Like I, I think I'm a lot more open to it. I think I'm a lot. Yeah, that's more all we. That's all we ask for, man. That's all yeah. we ask for. You got anything you want to say to the people? You got anything you want to say to the people? You gonna look <laughs> back on this in some years? You don't got nothing you want to say? He just cool. chilling though. He he was. <laughs> well, you did the whole episode. How you feel about that? All right, he spoke. <laughs> you got anything you want to say, like to end it, bro? Any um, last words? Oh man, that was that was pretty much. Just try to just you know just like I said, life's short, man. Yeah. It ain't too much. It's all you. You just never want to regret, like, mm-hmm. and and also by saying that, like, take advantage of the things that you got in front of you mm-hmm. because. Like my grandma passed away, but one of my grandmas passed away. She never seen me drive. Like mm. I got my license late, and I ain't never think about it. But one day, I was driving to Alabama actually with my um. I think I think I was driving to pick something up from my dad or either mm. go down there. And while I was in the car, I just broke down. Yeah. Cause I'm like, dang, like she would have loved to see me knowing I'm coming down here to see her. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, and I didn't realize that until. Yeah. So like I could have got my license when, like I could have got it, but I did. But like, for all the young people, like. Take advantage of every opportunity you get. You know what I'm saying? If you could change your family life, if you can get your license, them little mm-hmm. things really matter. It does. My mom still don't got her license. It still can't do <laughs> <laughs> But no, y'all, I appreciate y'all listening to the episode. This is a layered conversation, so it's probably a lot more that people would have probably liked us to go into that we didn't. And just let us know. Leave a comment or whatever the case may be. Sure. Me and Key, like, we talked about the idea of starting a podcast together. You know, we both moved here from Philly. We got a lot of the same interests, music, culture, sports, gaming, yeah. all that stuff that we, we always have in debates about. So Definitely opposite like, perspectives. We, our, <laughs> this one time that it seemed like we agreed a lot, it don't be like this nah. on a daily basis. We be going at it back and forth. Uh, but that's a real friendship. That's how real brothers are. Like you, Y'all argue, y'all fight, and y'all come together for the things that y'all need to come together for. So mm-hmm. if y'all like the chemistry that we had or how we talked about this topic, let us know. Um, we don't plan that it, for it to be this deep all the time. Like, if you leave it up to us, we would like to comment on like just social commentary, like some of the stuff we'd be saying, like yeah. in the rap industry with these actors, sports, sports celebrities, everything. So current events. Just let us know if y'all y'all rock with it. And, you know, we might take that into consideration going into twenty twenty four. But mm-hmm. before the baby get too cranky, we gonna end this on a perfect note. <laughs> and I say I appreciate y'all for watching. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe to the video. Follow us on social media. You can follow us at failingforward.co. My at on my personal Instagram is I am Tayloso. That's 3 Z Kane. Follow us, support us on our journeys. Mm-hmm.
Love y'all and I'll see y'all. Conversations of NFTs and things. Investing all our dollars and hoping that freedom reigns. It's hard being us, but the talents cover the pain. Make it to the lead, but we still don't own the game. Way too many souls are tainted behind the fame. The parties in private mansions, they exchange some drinks. Corrupt the things you think. Your life changing a blanket and nothing seems to say. All these curses, your value to your spouse is measured by some purses. Preach religion to our youth and make them think it's working. Really, it's our people who was dying for our purpose. A great, great grace of our grandmothers and